Welcome to Walk With Him. I am Elder Blacker, and we're here welcoming everybody who's looking to improve their lives by improving their relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Mitchell Redman, and here we're going to be discussing a variety of topics and doctrine relating to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our mission is to help guide you towards making the best decisions from the example of Jesus Christ. Our lives will never be perfect, but our Savior is. So hopefully you'll join us as we walk with Him. And welcome back to... Just kidding. Sorry. Anyhow, welcome to Walk With Him, um, a podcast about Jesus Christ. I'm Deccan Blacker. I'm Mitchell Redman. Thank you for that YouTube-esque intro. And we're back. I actually took it from a podcast I listened to, believe it or not. Oh, that's Um, funny. A sports podcast, because that's really all I do. Well, I meant the only podcasts I listen to. It's like sports podcasts, at least regularly. I tend to have dabbled into some other topics, but the only one I consistently listen to is a basketball podcast, and I stole that intro from them. So plagiarism. Uh, I don't think it's copyrighted. Ah, that's true. If it is, then no, frick. (laughs) We're fetched. (laughs) Fetch, man. (laughs) Anyhow, with this being our first episode, we kind of wanted to dive into a little bit of our backstories a little bit. Um, As we mentioned in the trailer, we come to know Jesus Christ, and we just kind of wanted to explain that process a little bit and kind of an overall lesson we've learned from this life experience with our Savior. Well, it's just kind of interesting because both of us kind of had... Like a come-to-Jesus moment? Yeah. And then we both have had the same point in time where we just both have ended up here. Yeah, it's true. That's just kind of interesting. Quick question. Was your come-to-Jesus moment a moment, or was it more of a... Like, can you point out a specific moment where you're like, this is where I believed? Because for me, it was more of just kind of... Gradual. Over time, I looked back one day and I was like, huh, interesting how things have changed. I think there was a moment where it started, but as far as understanding and developing that relationship, I feel, I feel like that is building over time. That was kind of like the beginning of the progression. Yeah. And obviously when it comes to like testimonies and like faithfulness, right? There, It's always a growth process and yeah. just that a process. But like listening to other people, sometimes you hear, and I guess maybe it's not like a so much of a come to Jesus moment as much of a moment where they're like, this is the moment where I switched from doubt to faith, right? Yeah. Because um, a lot of people talk about like, oh, this was my conversion event. But like, yeah. That's not really entirely accurate because there is no conversion event. And it's like, I was converted this day because of this time. It was more like, this is when I started that journey towards faith. Because I s- imagine you saw that too in a lot of converts. Like there was one point where you could tell that they had started to exercise faith. And then that's when you started kind of see them grow. Yeah. Um, So yes, to answer your question. But I do feel like there's a lot of people where it's like, 
there there's like a much more defining moment than yeah my personal story has and i just kind of wondered where yours was um mine was at the one and only time i went to EFY actually oh yeah that, that was with me yeah that was the one in college station right and yeah A&M, which is a freaking huge campus and it's a really cool campus it's nice but it was the oh, what day was that it was that one church day Friday you know, it's, huh Friday was it a Friday it was like one day where it was like we would wear church clothes all day and we just do like yeah that was a really cool day I loved that day and, and so that was Friday yeah so we were just like going over different topics we were writing a lot in our journals we were doing a lot of like personal study and all that and at the end of that day i think is when we started was that when we started doing the testimonies yeah at the end of the day is when you do testimonies yeah so we did that and i really like doing that because before then i kind of like i do with a lot of things i was overthinking like do i have a testimony was it mean like i don't Everyone says they know if the Book of Mormon is true. And do I need to have some sort of mind blow? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like what I started with. The yeah. come to Jesus moment. There's not like... Because there's definitely some people that do have that. Yeah. Like, um... But then it's Brother like... Clark had that where he he was like earnestly seeking and yet he still was doubtful. Kind of like the story in where Third Nephi prophesies of the chief judge that gets killed and the five run to go see if he was right and they're like oh they're like we do not believe that he is dead but should he be dead like we will believe right yeah and so then they saw that he was dead and they were like ah anyway that's that's kind of the story brother clark had of like in terms of like his he saw his doubt he was doubting but he was running right like yeah putting in the effort to do it and then he saw and he was like oh so his is much more of a like a moment, but yeah. Anyway, I th- I think that was less of a moment and more of a realization. It's like, hey, you do have a testimony. Okay. So it was less of a. I mean, it was definitely a spiritual experience for sure, but it was less of like a. I believe, and more just like, I have a testimony. If okay. that makes sense. Yeah. So that's kind of when I started to realize, and like, okay, I have a testimony. I can be building on this. And then I grew it a lot more during the mission because I was testifying every single day. It's hard not to. Yeah. I dare say impossible not to. It's Im- straight up impossible not to. But yeah, that was kind of... Then as far as like the most growth, well, obviously I had most of that during my mission. Especially with regards to trusting in the Lord a lot because I didn't know Spanish. <laughs> I was like, well, this gift of tongues hope, hopefully is real because I cannot do this myself. Because no entiendo español. When you got to Span- Spain, when you got to Mexico, I was going to say when you got to Spanish. When you got to Mexico, could you read Spanish? Like signs and stuff like that? You could um, understand that, right? Like when it was I first just when got people there? were like speaking that you were like I yeah I can I could read better than I could talk to people 
Right. Like if I could sit there and like spend the time to start reading, it was like, okay, I can kind of get this. But then like people talking to me, me trying to talk to people, I'm like, I have no idea what you, anybody is saying. So that's the most difficult part. Did you, did you have like a moment in where you, or is it more just kind of like no. kind of a conversion process for you? So I would say mine was pretty similar to yours where like there was a moment where I looked back and I was like, huh, okay, I have a testimony. And there definitely was a moment where I made a conscious decision. Like I am going to try, right? I don't remember that specifically because at the time it was not Obvious. a super important decision, right? Like, yeah. Like it was more In hindsight, just like, it was like a really to... important decision, but at the time it was more of like a... Like, I'm going to start trying right now. Yeah, it would be like if I had a bookshelf and I was like, ah, I'm officially reading this book. The Book of Mormon. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't really read. I don't particularly like reading. Audiobooks are good. But anyhow, um, yeah, just to kind of give you a rundown of how I got there, was basically... Um, do you have your, sorry, you remember that conversion timeline thing you drew? It was for a seminary activity. You remember that? A you conversion know? timeline? It was like a, Sister Wyeth was like, write a bunch of different events that happened in your life that had contributed to your conversion process. You remember that? Mm -mm. I only remember the one where she's like, draw all the major events in your life. And I didn't want to put in any effort. So I was like, after oh. 20 years old, I'm going to die. And then I finished. <laughs> um, get a car. Get married. Die. I don't think I even put get married. <laughs> All I put on there was get a car because you didn't have one. And I <laughs> wanted to rub that in a little bit. Um, go on a mission and then die young. And I was like, sweet, I'm done. <laughs> but um, anyhow... Basically, life was kicking me in the teeth because I got to the age where it's like, ah, real problems, you know? <laughs> it's no longer, ah, he cheated at sorry, and I don't like that. <laughs> um, and so real problems along with what I've learned to be chemical imbalance and um, nothing that I was truly grounded in, it led to depression, right? And it got just worse and worse over my sophomore year, June, first two years of high school. And then, as you know, we went to seminary with Sister Wyeth, who you've already alluded to. Um, and she was just amazing because she just had a light that was undeniable. And it was really cool. And it's it's a gift that I've seen in some people. Yeah. But very rarely. Um, but she just has this amazing like spiritual gift where you can... The room just gets brighter whenever she walks in. Yeah. And there's only four people. Maybe there's a fifth one I'm forgetting. But there's only Jesus. four people I can think of that I've met where it's like, okay. dang, they have that. Where you just walk in and it's like, hey. Anyway, I think it's a really cool thing. Um, and I noticed that and how she just had this, this life and this light that I didn't. Right. And so I would go to seminary every day, which before realizing that that's what she had, I didn't particularly enjoy seminary. 
it's an hour in the morning that <laughs> to me felt like a waste of time. It wasn't like incredibly fun or anything, right? Because you're just, it's more like a class, an extra class that I didn't want to take. <laughs> um, and Sister Wyatt came in and it was fun. Well, more than it being fun, because like our other seminary teachers made it fun. Yeah. Like occasionally. Well, that sounds bad, but like <laughs> they did their best to make something I wasn't enjoying enjoyable, right? Yeah. As did Sister Wyatt. It's just that with Sister Wyatt and seeing that light every day, it was like, huh. It got me questioning where I could find that. Like, and then I finally realized where she was getting it from. <laughs> and it was just a love of her Savior and of the scriptures. Yeah. Including the Book of Mormon. And so once I came to realize that, that's when I made a conscious effort of like, or a conscious decision like, hey, I'm going to start doing this now because I'm in a dark enough spot to where this seems like a good shot for me to get out of it. Right? Like it's a chance I'm willing to take. Yeah. And so over that like entire year, like is basically when I started coming to Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Step by step. Yeah. And then I just like, I don't even know what day I looked back, but eventually I looked back and I was like, huh, it's so much better. And I can recognize that and I believe in this because of what I'm seeing in my own life. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's what you were talking about, that light. Like you can tell in Sister Wyeth that she was really internalizing the gospel. Like yeah. you could see in her countenance that she was doing this. She was internalizing these lessons and it has made her happier in her life. Like a lot of her mission stories, especially, really inspired me personally. I actually don't know many of her mission stories. Really? Yeah. Maybe I do and I just can't think of them because I only know of a couple. But you're right. It's just that internalizing and like yeah. that there was a genuine aspect to it of just like she loves Christ and she loves yeah. the scriptures and just like all of that. And so because of that, I was able to recognize it eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Shout out Sister Wyeth. Sister W. Sister W. Did she ever email you while you were on a mission? Yes, twice. And did she sign off with that? Sister W? Sister W. Yes. <laughs> oh, like, wait, no, I remember that. That was funny. Yeah. I always liked that. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for listening to our episode. If you like what you hear and you want to get weekly updates with exclusive content and an inside look on missionary work, join our email list on our website. You can go to lumietmedia.com. That's L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. Just scroll down to the bottom and you'll see a little form where you can put in your name, put in your email. It's free. We don't need anything else from you. We're going to be giving you concise and actionable advice, takeaways from our episodes and lessons and experiences directly from the mission field. And so if that sounds interesting to you, just go to Lumiet Media, L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. And we hope to help you a little bit more every week. Bye.
I've realized that, and this is probably this is a good segue. The more, the more you've gone through, the more you realize just how much you have. Like the more you realize that the goodness, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean that makes a lot of sense, right? Because again, when you're five and it's like, dang, he cheated at sorry. He like, stole my oatmeal raisin cookie. <laughs> There's just a lot less satisfaction with being happy and being fulfilled, right? Yeah. Because you don't know any better. Yeah. And you can see that with Adam and Eve, right? They're the most obvious example of like, oh, yeah, they didn't, they didn't know any better. And so it wasn't until they were able to experience the, the pain that they were like, ah, this is what I had. And that's yeah. awesome. That's something I didn't get for a long time. It was like, why do they have to make a bad decision in my eyes? Then I was like, no, this was entirely necessary because now they know what it feels like to fall and get back up again, you know? Yeah. Opposition. I use that scripture a lot. The There must that? needs be opposition yeah. in all things. What scripture is that? Alma. I don't actually know, but... It is Alma. He's probably preaching to the, um, who's the guy who was a lawyer? He's like, I'll give you all this money if you deny. Uh, and then he ends up being really, like, convinced of the power of God. But, um. Zorm? No. Not Zorm. That's wrong. It guy. might be. No, Zorm's the guy, Laban's servant. Well, yeah, but is there two Zorms? But anyway, because, yeah, I did go down that path of depression, like, before I had a testimony. And then once I had a testimony, it was like, ah, I'm, like, things are much better, right? It was good. And then, as a missionary, I went down that road of depression two more times, right? And each one, I went lower than the one before, <laughs> which I didn't know was possible. And maybe someday that'll happen again, although I... Again, I can't see I don't feel how like that's, that's possible because <laughs> it, it's, I'm sure I'll go into it another time, but like it's, it gets pretty dark. Yeah. And so it's pretty cool to be able to recognize when, when you have good things. And cause like you said, you, you really enjoy it a lot more once you, once you know the opposite of it. Yeah. By the way, it wasn't Alma, it was actually Nephi, so. It was? Yeah, 2 Nephi. 32? No, 2 Nephi 2.11. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm off, dang it. So 2 Nephi 2, chapter 11, from the Book of Mormons. For must, must, eh. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 2 Nephi Chapter 2, verse 11. For it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. And so, it's basically, it goes on to saying, If not so, righteousness could not be brought to pass, neither wickedness, neither holiness, nor misery, neither good nor bad. Wherefore, all things must need be a compound in one. And that is something that I saw, especially like a lot of different examples all the time throughout my mission. Like both in other people and both in like when we were trying to do the work. Like there were 
times where there would be no work. There would be times where there's a lot of work and you can see, and then you see these people having their own personal struggle. It's like, again, starting that conversion process where it's like they turn to believe and then they kind of, and a lot of people would ask that. And it's like, well, why do these terrible things need to happen? And so this is what, that's why I would share the scripture a whole bunch because it helps people helps them put into perspective like this is the purpose of life you need to experience these trials in order to find the happiness in choosing the right you know yeah so that's something i liked helping people realize that because it really gave them a a better perspective on life because a lot of people just like to kind of complain about stuff and the interesting thing is like even like if you look at Job, right, where in the scriptures it says he was perfect when I don't know exactly what that means, but basically um, he was a really righteous man, right? And yet all these terrible things happened. Um, and I think it's important to note that even even like the bishop or the, the pastor or whoever is going to have struggles like Anytime you're trying to be like Jesus Christ, you're going to have struggles. The difference is Christ is more powerful, and so he can lift us through our struggles. But I agree with that, because that's definitely something I've noticed that, because I went through three periods of prolonged depression, right? Mm. And the first time, it was like, huh. I was able to feel a greater level of joy. The second time, an even greater level of joy. And the third time, which, frankly, I'm still recovering from, um... I have that trust that I'll be able to feel that greater level of joy. And with that, I've also been able to feel greater levels of love just for people I don't know um, and even for people I do know, right? Yeah. I don't know why I said even, but regardless, (laughs) for everybody, right? Yeah. And I've already been able to see that um, from this third time where I have a love for people that I don't know and a greater love for those that I do know. And... It's really cool because knowing what the Savior went through, it's like, dang, his love is just incredible. It's that one, there's this one scripture in Alma. It's here. No. Please hold. Alma 7. I knew that. Yeah, Alma 7. Verse 11, he shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptation of every kind. And the next verse goes on, and he will take upon death, he may loosen, loose, oh my gosh, loose the bands of death which bind his people, and he will take upon him their infirmities that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. And I feel like he helps us by way of our personal trials get a greater understanding of what they're going through because and I'm reminding of myself of that one story you told me where it's like you were going to, through this depression and then one of your roommates invited you to a lesson where it's like this one guy was also struggling with depression. You're like, hey, this is what I've done. You shared a few scriptures that helped him. And then wasn't there another guy that you didn't know that was also struggling with depression? Yeah, so um, I ended up going to a lesson 
because that like I wasn't planning on going to. The reason I went to it is because one of the one of the guys that was supposed to go was sick, right? Yeah. And so we went to this lesson and basically he started talking and I was like, hey, aha, I know what you're talking about. And so I was able to to relate to him and to the point where it was kind of interesting, like the guy who struggles with depression, his wife started crying because she was like, she's like, wow, that must feel so good knowing that somebody else cares or understands, not cares. Um, and it's like, huh, okay. Um, and yeah, it was really cool because I was able to share a lot of things that have helped me. Um, and I just gotten a lot of cool stuff because I was struggling with it at the time even, right? And yeah. so I was like, ah, I have fresh ammo for this, <laughs> right? Um, I don't know what fresh ammo as opposed to like musty old ammo. <laughs> I don't know if there's a difference. But um, anyhow. More just like you have the spiritual stockpile. Yeah. To this analogy is coming apart, but you know what I'm trying to say. Regardless of the bad analogy bias. <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of funny because we brought somebody else along, right? Yeah. Like a member to to help teach. And afterwards, he ended up talking to us as well. Like, yeah, I struggle with the same sort of stuff. And so it was like, huh, well, okay then. <laughs> you know, you just get... You get put in the path of people you can help. Yeah. I'm reminded of... There's a couple of stories in the scriptures that I thought of. Oh, one of them is not a story. It's more just like the the beginning of First Nephi 1, where it's like, I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, having seen many afflictions in the course of my days, nevertheless, having been highly favored of the Lord. So for context... Nephi is in the Book of Mormon is the first book. And at the time of he's writing this, all this has already happened, right? And right. so he's just being like, having all this prior knowledge of what already happened, he's like, this is everything that I've suffered through, but I have been highly favored regardless of all that. Yeah. Uh, and another story that remind that I'm reminded of is where Laman and Leviel, I don't know why. I can't remember what was the context or the situation that led up to it, but they basically tied him up and left him to die in the desert. Oh, he had been rebuking them. Yes. That's why. That's because and like, I remember now. When you look at it, and then if you put yourself in that situation, obviously they acted very drastically, but like Looking at it, they were kind of reasonably upset. Like, to have their younger brother, like, say these kinds of things and probably be a little hypocritical with it. It's, I don't know. But especially with the uh, Book of Mormon videos that the church has put out, like, I don't know. You can kind of see how, ah, Nephi is young and has room to grow, which you don't ever really see in the Book of Mormon, unlike the Bible, where they're like... And actually, when you realize... I had it right here. When he's talking about... When Lehi's like, this is what I've seen, this is what the the Lord has told me. And then Nephi's like, I had these same desires. Because... And I can't remember where exactly it kind of clues us in. 
But it's like, he kind of also had that. Is this really a real thing? Like, he wanted to know, but he was also kind of in that same boat and was like, well, I'm not sure if this is really going to happen. And it's like, and then that's when he started praying. And that, that was kind of like his conversion moment, if you will. Yeah. But going back uh, to the story where they tied him up, the part that I was getting to that I really liked is that they tied him up and instead of like him asking the Lord to free him, he's like, give me the strength to break free of these cords. Like, and you see in a lot of different stories, they're not asking, okay, they do ask the Lord to free them or like to deliver them and all that. But often the what the Lord is looking for and what a lot of prophets have asked is like to give them the strength to overcome these trials. It's like the Lord's not going to hold your hand through everything because you wouldn't learn anything. A, I mean, a good parent isn't going to do everything for their kid. Hopefully and this is an example I use all the time when I'm teaching people. It's like, would you want to be guided in every single thing that you do? Or would you rather make like use your own common sense, use your own judgment that was given to you by God to kind of be self-sufficient to start trying to overcome these problems yourself. A lot of times it's that the lack of desire is what prevented a lot of people from progressing. Cause it's like, well, I like everything you're saying, but then they don't do anything. They're just like, mm. yeah. And I think too often we, we ask for our burdens to be taken away. And that's kind of, I think, where the lack of desire from other people or from people that we would teach, right? Um, yeah. Some people, obviously everybody's different. But when teaching, we would see some people where they're like willing to talk with us and they like, they seem like they're kind of interested and then they just don't ever do anything about it. Yeah. And I think that's because they're trying to have the Lord make the cords disappear as opposed to you struggle with the cords and then the Lord gives you the strength to make them break. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite scriptures is in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Yeah. It says, There hath no temptation take, taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will of the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And I think it's important to note that like, there's the escape so that we can bear it. Right, like, and we have to choose to make that escape, right? Yeah. It's not, and to be honest, the escape is Jesus Christ, like, every time. Yeah. Right? You turn to Christ, and he He is the escape for us to be able to bear our trials, yeah. our burdens. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Right? Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting in that verse that Christ says, take my yoke upon you, right? Yeah. Not give your yoke to me. I think it's interesting that he's saying, hey, guess what? You're going to have mine, which is easy yeah. and light. Because he already did the hard part. Right. And so in a way, this is an easier way to deal with our problems instead of just like banging our heads against 
there's a really good talk where it's just like Jesus Christ already overcame all of that. And so anything else, you can just look towards him, follow what he's trying to tell you. There's a quote that I used a lot. I defined the Spanish Liahona in the archives of the church because it was such an old talk and the Spanish version was even older. <laughs> but it's a really good talk by President Thomas S. Monson from 1987 in May called The Will Within. He was an apostle for so long. I know. The whole talk is really good and I'll link it to the in the show notes because it's a really inspirational talk and it helped me a lot, especially through the more difficult stretches of my mission. But there's a quote that I like from here. It says, Our responsibility is to rise from mediocrity to competence, from failure to achievement. Our task is to become our best selves. One of God's greatest gifts to us is the joy of trying again, for no failure ever need be final. Those are words to live by. We'll see you next time. Adios. Thank you for listening to us. This is Walk With Him, a podcast about Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to know more about Jesus Christ, we have a website, which is Lumiet Media, L-U-M-I-E-T, media.com. On there, you'll find stuff about us, stuff about our Savior, Jesus Christ. You'll find our socials where you can follow us and support the podcast. You can also sign up for our email list where we give you just some advice, takeaways from our episodes and experiences that we've had from the mission field. You can join that email list on our website, follow our socials, and if you could rate us, that would really help other people discover the podcast and just start their own journey towards our Savior, Jesus Christ. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Adios.